Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 54 of the Rock Podcast. For those about to pod, we salute you. In this episode, we've reached J in the A to Z of rock. There's rock news, there's new rock in the block, there's hidden gems, and who knows what else. So without further ado, in a soggy Scotland, here's Brian. Hey, Matt, how you doing? (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm doing I'm doing okay thank you how are you I'm all right I'm all right the sun is shining here but you're absolutely right it is very very soggy and wet in Scotland but thankfully in Edinburgh we're not getting as hit as some of the other parts of the country yeah well I'm I'm glad to hear it I'm glad to hear it um so rock news it's been an interesting few weeks since we last spoke um there has been the inaugural Power Trip Festival yeah. in California. Uh, well, you and I didn't go. We weren't invited, nor could we afford to go, of course. We couldn't find enough money down the side of the sofa. A friend of ours, Alan Child, went. Really enjoyed it. Had a great time. He did. Um, it looked fantastic, though. ACDC, their first first gig with Brian Johnson in many years. And, and what a set they put together. Um. 20 some odd songs 24 songs yeah 24 okay i'm glad someone's paid attention um <laughs> songs from the, you know different eras starting with if you want blood you got it and you know some of the old favorites of course but slipped in <laughs> stiff up a lip and uh songs off the recent albums demon fire shot in the dark and so on they look good look good i was quite envious weren't, weren't you I was, and Alan didn't mention anything mm. at all about going to Power Trip, and you get a night, you get this little message of a video of ACDC, and you go on. You're at Power Trip. <laughs> yeah, he actually he told he told me at Steelhouse, Bright, but you were probably having your one of your many siestas. I was, I was napping. Um, was napping. Mm, yeah, you've been up about twenty minutes. You went back to sleep, um, but yeah, he went. He went all that way to California. And he was miles back, but he said he had a good time. It looked good, um, as well as ACDC, who, even though they sounded okay, I think there were one or two kind of, you know, let's let's forgive them because it's, it's the first gig with Brian Johnson for several years. Obviously, as we know, Axel filled in, Axel Rose filled in on uh, previous UK tour back in, I think, 2019, 17? I don't know. Um, so Jono hasn't sung with him for a few years. So I think in, in, in one or two places, he did sound a bit, like he was, you know, a bit ring rusty, as it were. But you can forgive that, can't you? Guy's 76 years old. You can indeed. You can indeed. And mm. and everybody's now clambering around social media going, right, your first show in seven years. When can we have a year-long world tour, everybody? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, well, I said it before. I I, I think there'll be some, I, I think there's some scope for some big festivals. Let's talk about Rock in Rio. Yeah. I think. Glastonbury um, might be an option and maybe, for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe, and, and, you know, the Hyde Park thing is, we touched on that with, in the context, I think, of maybe the Stones, mm. ACDC would be good there, download and so on. So, you know, don't give, a, don't give up hope, listeners. You might you might see them uh, probably for the final time. I mean, come on. I mean, give them a break. You know, Angus is 67, Brian's 76. The rest of the band are kind of, you know, around that, around that mark. They're not getting any younger. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So, we shall see. Uh, what I did like, I, 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 there's some footage that's been on um, online of the, the Metallica guys, um, James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett, in 
in the, down the front, as it were, not in the in the in the mosh, but yeah. certainly kind of you know close to the stage, rocking out to Judas Priest. Yes, very much. Because you you kind of you know we all know Metallica are huge, and in some respects bigger than Priest. Let's say, well, let's say they are bigger than Priest in terms of record sales and so on. But you know, clearly they were fans, because they're you know they're they grew up like us with Priest, and we'll come on to Judas Priest later um, in the context of Letter J. But uh, that was great to see, wasn't it? You know, kind of rocking out like, you know, good old rock fans that we all are. And everybody played nice. In the, mm. in the, in the sense of, you know, you had, you know, Gun- Guns N' Roses and Iron Maiden on the same bill together for the first mm. time in, since 1988. You know, ACDC and The Priest. Yeah. Met- Metallica obviously played. The band that seems to have been completely forgotten out of the six headliners is Tool. It's as if Tool, yeah. <laughs> so much so was the um, w- w- was um, the the greatness and every. I think the re- more and more more or less the relief of saying ACDC the, when Aussie pulled out, and you're going mm-hmm. okay. There was a little part of me, Matt, that was going, would ACDC make it? You know, nothing, mm-hmm. no sneak rehearsals, no nothing. And then they did it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was great. And it was, as you say, to see bands, I, I, I think I think Metallica were out watching ACDC, The Priest. And even uh, mm. um, you see some of the photographs where uh, members of the band are hanging with the guys from Iron Maiden as well, too. So uh, mm. a trip of a lifetime um, for, for mm. Alan and everybody that's been there. But... Um, yeah, I think you have to sell your house, don't you, to get tickets and yeah. whatever. But yeah, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll start saving up for next year, Brian. And somebody um, else who... who will be on the bill. Yeah. Uh, mm. So some, somebody else who we thought did their farewell tour last year and and he was done and dusted was Sir David of Coverdale has been in the news, Matt, hasn't mm-hmm. he, with uh, talks of... Uh, when he gets better, he might get back out to do some live shows. But I think what um, got our interest this week was um, David's planning to do a farewell album and invite many of his Whitesnake alumni to participate mm. in this album. That's right. Alumnus, I think he referred to them as, oh, which I'm not sure is the correct okay. grammar. But anyway, we'll forgive him. <laughs> yeah, he... He just won't. He won't give up. He um, he said uh, that he had had. I don't know how debilitating this is, but clearly it was for him. He he'd he'd given up the tour, abandoned the tour in two thousand twenty-two. I was lucky. I think you saw yeah um the some of the, some of the UK dates with um foreigner. Um, he um he had an infection of the sinus and the trachea, darling. Um. Which, uh, you know, I guess when you're a singer, that can be quite debilitating. But um, as a result, he's, uh, and this, what is it, what he calls this persistent upper respiratory infection. Yeah. AKA a bad chest. Um, Anyway, he's, uh, you're right. He's, um, he's looking to get some, not all of the alumnus back together. Uh, As he said, I've got, uh, I've got Joel coming in soon. Joel hooks Flying in to Uh, some incendiary guitar. He's got uh, some of his old old favourites, Doug, Doug Aldrich, who he adores. I adore Doug Aldrich. Yes. Uh, Michael Devins, who he also adores. He adores a lot of people. If you follow him on X, formerly known as Twitter, he's very loving. 
He's very loving, yes. sends blessings to all his fans. He's always on Twitter. He's very rude on Twitter, mind you. I keep saying Twitch is called X now, isn't it? Of uh -huh. course. Um, yeah, he's got Adrian Vandenberg's on board, Doug Aldrich, Michael Devon, as I mentioned, um, Tanya, Tanya O'Callaghan, of course he adores. Yes. Um, he made more He made more of the fact she's beautiful and gorgeous than she's a good bass player. But, you know, again, it's Coverdale. So you can kind of forgive him for that. Um, no mention, however, of Messrs. Moody <laughs> or Sykes or Murray or, um, uh, you know, anyone else you care to have mentioned that's still with us and has been in Whitesnake. No, no Rudy Sarzo or, or um, uh, Sir Vivian of Campbell, you know, and so on. Steve Vai even doesn't get a look in. I imagine Steve Vai's on the list because they're still kind of pally, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but we shall see. That'll be fun, won't it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You like White Snake, don't you? I love White Snake. Maybe get Dino. Dino can sing the lead vocals. David, you yeah. know, get Dino Jalisic to sing the lead vocals and, and David can just stand in a nice, nice black mm. suit with a bow tie and, and can be yeah. a conduct conductor of the Snake Orchestra. It's not a bad idea, actually. I can just picture him side the stage, you know, just like a uh, you know, velvet jacket, yep. cravat, um, maybe, a, you know, uh, drinking a glass of brandy, darling, um, yes. and just, you know, just leaning and, you know, just <laughs> smoking a fake cigarette um, on a long cigarette holder. Yeah. Um, you get a picture. You and he's cold his hair off now. He's going to have to grow that for any tour, isn't he? Come on. Very oh, much. Well, he can keep the hair going. Well, he can borrow maybe some of Glenn Hughes's hair because Glenn, Glenn seems to have... He now has a wonderful mm. mane. He's got a gravity divine hair, hasn't he? Let's face it. He has. Um, so, yeah, more to come on the uh, the White Snake uh, sort of farewell album. And who knows? It might feature one or two of the old alumnus that we haven't yet um, <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> yeah. You never know. You recall, mm -hmm. we talked about at length about the Black Sabbath Ballet. Um, and... Uh, a friend of ours, Matt Graydon. Hello, Matt. He listens occasionally, not very often. No. He does listen occasionally. No. What do you mean, no? No, he just doesn't listen, or no, he no you agree. I, no, I agree. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Um, anyway, he, he, he sent us a nice little review. Because he? he's a writer, our friend Matt. I'll read you a bit of it. Mm hmm he says the ballet was split into three parts with bar busy intervals in between as you might expect because as we mentioned last time 60 percent of the audience never been to a ballet before so they're the boozers <laughs> the bar um, in between the you know rubbing shoulders with all the, the usual ballet fans uh part one was a little surreal about the sabbath phenomena but i was enthralled from the minute it began which is nice um, mm. i didn't realize it was going to be like the story of black sabbath no um, it's about the phenomena, the parts, the part, first part. Part two was all about the band with anecdotes from the voices of the band, including uh, yours truly, Tony, I, I mean, and um, Sharon, of course. A bit too much Sharon, he mentions. Uh, part three was about the fans and brought the show to an epic finale. Um, musical arrangements for the Sabbath songs, Paranoid Iron Man, War Pigs, Black Sabbath, Solitude, Orchid, Laguna Sunrise and Sabbath Bunny Sabbath were great and the floating spirit guitarist made a great job of Tony Iommi's riffs. riffs. Simple Stage um, was Sabbath themed and uh, there was an upturned silver car with a Sabbath de devil figure atop it. He uses the word atop, which I think is nice. Mm -hmm. uh, took centre stage. Anyway, uh, all in all, he really enjoyed it. So thanks for that, Matt. I think that's the first review we've ever had by a, a listener. guest reviewer. Um, 
guest guest review. Yes, keep them coming, boys and girls. If you go to any gigs or ballets or anything, maybe what we should do is we should give Matt a, a reviewer's mug. We sh- we should. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'll do that next time I see him. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, yes, he deserves it. He does. And, and he went with his he went with his daughter. I think if we got two kicking around, I'll give them both a mug. Uh, so thank you, guys, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, Congratulations to young Wolfgang Van Halen Matthew, married mm. in October to his lovely fiance. Um, went down the aisle to three one six, which is one of yeah. Eddie Eddie Van Halen's instrumental pieces that he used to play as part of his uh, solo piece, which he recorded. I didn't know that it was called 316 because of Wolfie being born on the 16th, on the 3rd of March, was it? Or 16th of March. Yeah. 16th of March. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is a lovely touch, actually. Yeah. His mum, Valerie Bertinelli, uh, uh, Wolfgang's mum. We love Wolfgang on this podcast, of course. Um, his mum uh, walked him down the aisle, which is very sweet. Yeah. And uh, his, his well, it's now wife, Andrea, was accompanied by her dad to Dean Martin's Everybody Loves Somebody. That's got on the playlist, Brian. That's a great song. <laughs> I don't think we've ever, I don't think we've ever had Dean Martin on the no, playlist no, no. before, but that's going on. My it's a, it's, it's uh, sanctioned. Ah, oh, good. That's, that means you're going to let it, let it on, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. So we had, um, as you said, uh, that song had my father, the song, the song had been written by his father for him. Um, and it was a nice way to include his dad, which I think is lovely. Yes. So good on you, Wolfgang, and good luck, Andrea. A long and happy marriage together. And we'll God bless you. And we'll see. We shall see Wolfie next year because he will be supporting. He's, he's for all of the time Van Halen didn't come to the UK. Wolfgang's making up mm. for it because he's back next year. Um, slash, Miles Kennedy and the conspirators need to come up with a shorter name for Slash's band. Um, I, yeah. Wolfie will be back with Mammoth and the boys supporting Slash next year on, um, and I'll be there in Glasgow watching my game. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be in London. Actually. Kicking ass. Forward to that. Um, you will be. Yeah, I can imagine. I know what you're like at gigs. Jeez. Yes. There's no ass left unkicked when you go to gigs, Brian. <laughs> you get yourself into a bit of trouble there. Um, you're not careful. Um, yes, good on you, Wolfgang. We look forward to seeing you next year. And finally, what would have happened in the late 80s if Ozzy Osbourne had put together a live band for Rick Astley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was well, reading. Yeah, I was reading. I was reading. Um, Rick Astley's great. Um, he's, uh, whenever you, obviously he's big, big pals with uh, with Dave Grohl, um, has, has, you know, the, the mashup of teen spirit and never going to give you up is just, you know, it's, it's YouTube gold. Um, and when he plays mm. and when he plays with his solo band, um, Rick, Rick's a, Rick's a really good drummer as well too. So, uh, yeah. I think he was on Glastonbury this year where he's playing drums and singing along to highway to hell. Um, but, right. and I think it was in the, in the late eighties when Rick was obviously as part of the, the, um, Pete Waterman Empire and never mm. going to give you up his his big first single uh, blew up all over the world. He went to America and he met Ozzy and Sharon 
And uh, mm-hmm. Ozzy'd said to him, if you ever want to get a live band together, I know all of the best players. So Ozzy offered to put a live band together for Rick Astley. And I, I, you know the way you've got visions of Robert Trujillo, Zach Wild. <laughs> yes, imagine that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And of course, Tommy, Tommy Aldridge on drums. Absolutely. No It'd be yeah. fabulous. Yeah, well, my goodness. I, yeah, I mean, the mind boggles. Yeah, sliding doors and all that. You never know um, <laughs> how that might have played out. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's become a national treasure, Rick Ashley. I mean, he obviously, has. he's not really kind of those about to probably salute you fodder, as it were, but um, he's, he's become, in this country, and I think globally, he's, he's loved because of that song. Yeah. And um, he's, uh, you know, good on you because he, as you say, does sort of span the sort of genres, does he, with his, uh, with, doesn't he, with his rock collaborations, yeah. as it were. But yeah, that, that's an interesting there you go. concept, isn't it? Uh, God knows what it would have been called. Rick but, Sabbath. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, got it right there. Brilliant. Right, right the top of <laughs> oh, I love it. Right. That brings us to... You Rock on the Block. Ooh. It's got some interesting ones this week, haven't we? We have indeed. So where should we start, Brian? I think we start with... Let's start with new music from a band that you like. Mm-hmm. That we've seen. Yes. Yes. Let's start with King Herd. King Herd. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about them l- last week in the context of uh, their single, which is which is out at the moment, uh, like it used to be. Um, the album, which is also called King Herd. Um, what did you think of it, Brian? I, I will give you my two pedeth. <laughs> what did you think? Do you know what? You know, you know the way they talk about compilation albums? Matt, when they say, mm. listen to this album, there's something for everybody on an, on, on an album. And when I listen to the King Herd album, there is something for everybody. It's, I know the, uh, you know, Spotify and all these um, streaming services, everybody wants to pigeonhole bands. And, and I suppose King Herd mm. are known as an all, alternative rock band. But when I listen to yep. the album, it's, it's got it's got melodic rock. We're we're in Ultra Bridge, even Journey territory. You know, it's quite really really melodic. Then you can get into yeah. sort of like grungy, hard, detuned chugging. You know, uh, you know, really mm. sort of riff. You know, I'm, I'm good at let's we talked about Black Sabbath and that kind of real dark Black Sabbath. And and I was just really surprised every track that I listened to. I was surprised when I listened through it. It wasn't formulaic in any way. And then mm. I know, um, you know, the the singer stands out for me, Dave Taylor. He, when I listened to Dave, I thought, you know, we don't really have anybody to... Actually, we, we're getting some really good English and British singers at the moment, Dan Byrne. But mm-hmm. Dave's up there. Yeah. You know, he's in that Miles Kennedy mm-hmm. range of... Of singing so, yeah, uh, so well produced. Um, um, Sam Muller's produced it, who was involved with the Temperance Movement. So I was pleasantly surprised, mm. Matt, because I know we saw them mm. at Steelhouse, and I thought they were, I thought they were good. But the album is so well constructed, um, so well produced, a real welcome surprise for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's, it's. I would say, 
it's in my top three albums of the year. Um, as you say, it's got melody running through it, mm. which is, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting balance with rock music and melody. It's, they're kind of, in a way, strange bedfellows. Obviously, bands, there are melodic rock bands by definition. There's a whole genre, subgenre. Um, but as you say, for a sort of four-piece, essentially kind of hard rock band, they, they've got that balance yeah. uh, of great songs Great melody, as you say. Great, great singer in mm-hmm. Dave Taylor. I mean, as I said, I think on the last episode, they deserve to be huge. In in some respects, they you could almost overlay Wolfgang Van Halen with them. They got that similar kind of melodic, sort of sonic appreciation. Yeah, let's say yeah. where where it's 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 about the songs. The delivery is great, but there is a there's a there's a there's a mel- there's a melody running through the vocal which lifts the song yeah and really drives it along i absolutely love that album yeah i mean you know songs it's, it's i remember def leppard when they wrote hysteria they were they were and you touched upon it i think when they were when they wrote hysteria they're almost writing a greatest hits album and this i mean there's no weak songs you know it goes from halo remedy they were the songs that were out last year somebody else which is a, the next next song i love that uh, song uh, please put that on uh, the playlist uh, brilliant. Matt. yeah yeah, medicine it was a song out last year. Great song, like it used to be. We touched upon last episode. I mean, you know, it's it's track after track of just pure gold, and I loved it. And it's, as I say, it's it's one of my top three uh, albums of the year so far. And bearing in mind we're in October, might be hard to hard to hard to displace. Ooh, high prison. Have a listen to it, boys and girls. Go and buy it. By the way, you know, new band up and coming. Go and buy it. Don't just stream it. Go and buy it. Get a copy of vinyl, buy a T-shirt, etc. They're going to be huge. Great stuff. Yeah. So now, Brian, brings us to, I think we should go with Stephen Wilson. I album. think so too. Yes. It's, um, now you like a bit of Stephen Wilson, don't you? I, I um, yeah. And he's got, you worship at the altar of Sir Stephen of Wilson. <laughs> the, his new album is called The Harmony Codex, which is a nice name. It it's kind of almost um it sort of says it all about the content of the album um, and some of the songs i mean you know economies of scale inclination i mean it's 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 in a way it's not prog this i'm just going to give you my summary of it quickly because mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not a prog fan as you very well know i dabble in the the, the dark arts of prog occasionally with rush and, rush and pink floyd and so on I'm not. I'm not a sort of a. What's his band? He's in Pineapple Thief. Uh, no, Porcupine one? Tree. Porcupine. I was got those two. Get those two. No, no, no. But but tree. Matthew, Matthew, there is a connection because Gavin Harrison is both the drummer in Porcupine Correct. Tree and the Pineapple Thief. So you are right, but you are wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's the PT, is there? But he just throws exactly. Me yes. Um, pineapples and porcupines. <laughs> I ask you. Anyway, I am. Um, you know, you know, we invented the genre Sunday morning rock. Yes. Well, this is Sunday morning prog. This is Sunday morning prog, in my opinion. But it's not quite prog. It's very, you know, there's lots of sampling. There's lots of drums, well, drum tracks, drum samples, call them what you will. It's 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 quite an intriguing. It's a very interesting album. He's a good singer, Stephen yes. William, uh. Stephen Wilson, rather. He's a good singer. Um, but he's, he's no Paul Rogers. He's, he's got a certain sort of understated style about him, let's say. 
But I think it's worth a listen. I mean, it's it's kind of, I would say it's kind of almost industrial techno prog in some respects. Or, as I prefer, Sunday morning prog. But I would certainly have it on in the background. It's good dog walking music, I can tell you that. <laughs> it, just, it just kind of, it just washes over you. And, you know, you think, this is pretty good, but I'm not really listening to it. I'm just letting it kind of, you know, enter my brain through my ears and just kind of swirl around. And it's 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 a very it's a very interesting kind of experience listening to a Stephen Wilson album. It's my first time, by the way. I was a Stephen Wilson virgin till I listened to that album. And it's pretty good. What do you think, Brian? I'm gonna let you take center stage now because I'm sure you loved it. I I wouldn't say I loved it because with Stephen wow. Wilson with Stephen Wilson albums and it's you never get if you get a Stephen Wilson album within the first lesson. It's quite linear. Then, I think with an with this album, there's two or three tracks that I that I got straight away. the The track that you have to put on the playlist, Matt, as a start for ten, is "Impossible Tightrope," which is the track which yeah. is ten minutes and forty two seconds long. And when I was mm. when I was listening to the album, it, the best way I could describe this with the light and shade of this track was Frankie Goes to Hollywood fused with Miles Davis and John Coltrane. Because you had all... Yeah. You had... It was like... The, the, you had the wonderful Trevor Horn Chris production, you know, t- kind of Tears for Fears, mid-80s production, really nice guitars. And and then you had... And then the light and shade, shade on it, you know, Craig Blundell... Uh, one of the standout musicians on the album, he, he, you know, Craig's an amazing drummer, plays with Steve Hackett, fabulous player. So it's all, all these f- brilliant um, uh, time signature changes. Uh, and then you have this jazz mm. sucks, trumpet solo in the midst of it. And you're going, as you say, you're, you listen to it and going, oh, this sounds really, really good. And then he just knocks you off kilter with something that doesn't sound mm. sonically uh, melodic, but you go, mm. I'll give it a chance. Yeah, you've got to be open to whatever Stephen throws at you. So to me, mm. I, yeah, I was kind of, uh, I, there was elements of early Genesis, bits of Tears for Fears, and then then you'll, uh, and you're sort of, so you're intrigued and you're listening, and then, then you'll get a track like What Life Begin, What Life Brings, and you get into that lovely Stephen Wilson sort of dream uh, pastoral chorus, choral singing, mm. lovely, you know, Sunday morning prog. You're reading, you're reading yep. your paper. It just it's copyrighted, you, by the way. Is that all right? okay? Uh, <laughs> I, I, how much do yeah, I? I'll put a case you. I'll put a point in the mat jar. Please. Um. So it was very, very interesting. Not it's not my favorite mm. Stephen Wilson album, um, but I so far. But it was really, it was just really interesting. And for somebody who, you know, wrote the album, it's a lockdown album. So he was basically in his mm. garage, in his townhouse, and he made that quality of an album. You know, it is to me, it's modern day new progressive rock uh so fabulous if you if you just fan we'll put a couple of tracks on the playlist i have to say whenever i saw mm. the title the final point is whenever i saw the title 
of track five on the album Rock Bottom. I did think of you yes. and I thought, I did, I did think, I wonder if Matt's going, you know, could Stephen Wilson be doing a cover of a UFO song? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, sadly not. No, I like Stephen Wilson. I like him because he is a self-confessed Diamond Head fan. Um, is he? Good. He was, he brought, yeah, I think he's he's brought up uh, like like many of us on the Nawabam era. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a Diamond Head fan. So he's he, he could do no wrong in my book, certainly in that respect. Yeah, have a listen, boys and girls. Uh, the new album by Stephen Wilson, which is called The Harmony Codex, out now, weighs in at one hour and four minutes. So you get value for money. Which brings us, Brian, to Dark Side of the Moon Redux. Never quite sure what Redux means in this context. Uh, by Roger Waters. So this essentially is, is as we touched upon it, I think, few episodes ago roger waters is is no longer and hasn't been for many years part of pink floyd but he has re-recorded in his own inimitable style which we're coming to talk about uh the dark side of the moon album which was a colossal album from 1973 and you know one of the greatest albums biggest selling albums of all time um and he has uh he's re-recorded songs or the songs on the album very stripped back um, and and he sings all of the lyrics that would have been sung by Dave Gilmore and Richard Wright and himself previously. Um, I'm just going to kind of carry on, Brian. I mean, it reminded me a lot. It's very almost spoken singing. Yeah. That kind of Johnny Cash style, which is quite, you know, fair enough, I guess. I mean, he, st- he does sing, but he also kind of talks. And there's a narrative kind of commentary running through it as well. It reminded me of bit of do you remember the war of the worlds album from the late 70s with i think it was richard burton the actor the great welsh actor was um doing the commentary it was a huge album jeff 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 wayne's war of the worlds i think it was called uh from about 1979 or something it reminded me of that he's got kind of this as i said this narrative this commentary going through it he talks about the death of his friend don um he talks about all sorts of other kind of life and death type scenarios is a very kind of sort of almost morbid undertone to the to the way he kind of portrays the album which i think is you we were talking about it earlier i mean dark side of the moon is about life and death within itself but it's there's a lot of um and you'll probably quote that introductory line in a minute because you've got that memory that i have but he there's a kind of a sense that he's in touch with his own mortality um Roger Waters. So there's this. It's again. It's an interesting album. I would give it a chance. I would imagine Roger Waters, Pink Floyd fans, are all over this. But even if you're not, and if you're thinking, oh no, don't don't touch the original classic, have a listen because it's it's again. It's a bit like Stephen Wilson. It kind of it gets into your brain and starts sort of, you know, wheedling its way in, and you can't help but kind of carry on listening to it and think, oh, what's us and them going to sound like? Great gig in the sky and so on. Anyway, enough of my. Yakin, what did you think, Brian? I, for me, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Matt. It was the images of Johnny Cash. It just felt like um, Roger Waters had gone into the studio with Rick Rubin, and 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 let's do let's do a completely stripped back version of Dark Side, but no solos no it, pink floyd's always been 
you know, you think of comfortably gnome and another brick in the wall. You've got that the scales of Dave Gilmore's breathtaking, heavenly, angelic guitars. And then you've got the broodiness mm. of Roger Waters, you know, telling his stories through his lyrics. So I, I'm, I'm, I was listening to it and I, and, and I just thought it was just brooding dark. It's actually five minutes. The, al- this, the, the, the album itself, the new version um, or the reimagining of of the album, it's actually five minutes longer because he's played all the songs slower. <laughs> it's it's like I think I think I think Dark Side I think Dark Side something like forty. It's originally forty two minutes, and the new ver- the the this new recorded version is forty seven minutes. So it's it's so right. much slower. But I like you, it works, and I know when I'm listening to. Um, you know, Roger Roger Waters does like to get lots of stuff off his chest and he's lots of things to say. Mm-hmm. But when you when you listen to some of the the lyrics and songs like Brain Damage and Eclipse, which talk about life and you know, just the journey of life. First lyrics that he's that he's uh, sings on the album, he says, The measure of a man in his old age are the deeds of of a man in his in his prime. And I just thought how profound is that? It's just so the I know. Just some so some of the some of the spoken word packet word passages were phenomenal. I have to say there were some um standout tracks for me. Us and them was mm. was phenomenal. Um, you know, great gig in the sky. It, it just as you say, you've got to give the album a chance. It's a it's a completely different experience. And I think mm. if you're of a certain age, it might resonate with you more. So if if you're yeah. uh, you know if you're our age and and you and you understand what Dark Side's about, and this is this is just a different sort of turn on it. I would say mm. there was some of the spoken word package, uh, spoken word passages, which which kind of took away. From the mm. lovely orchestral music, I would have, I would have, le- it would have been less is more for me, Matt. Some for for some of the tunes, yeah. but I was, I was kind of a bit. I wanted to dislike it, I because re- I love Dark Side of the Moon. As you say, there are some albums you go, please stay away, don't touch. How can you touch yeah. an album that's sold forty five million? It, it, yeah. yeah, exactly. But we give. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Yeah. It's, 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 as you said, it's, it's dark, it's brooding. It's just like Roger Waters, it's a reflection of him um, as a person. As you say, he's got, always got something to say. Not always, not all of it is always palatable. No. As it were. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting take on, on the, uh, on the classic dark side of the moon. So check it out, boys and girls, yeah. check it out. Matt, we move yes. ever closer. Yes. To the letter K mm. in our A to Z of rock. But that's next episode. This episode. Okay, yeah. I was thinking, for a minute, I'm thinking K. What's a, ah, yes. Or is it X? Mm. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll maybe squeeze them in both. But before we can go to K. Yeah, J. We go to J. Yes. That's normally how it works, yeah. <laughs> yeah J to K. So we're at J, aren't we? Well, well we got there quick. Lee. Quick Lee. We were so, never uh, going to escape we... Jay, were we? No. 
Oh, you're getting too good at this. So you want to start with Journey then, do you? I didn't want to start with Journey. Wow. Don't. Journey. I mean, (laughs) Bry can't resist a bit of Don't Stop Believing. Their signature anthem. Journey. Still going strong. Um, probably, probably most remembered. Really? Oh, with, with Arne, what kind of? I was going to. No, really. Not, they're going. Go, I mean, they're, 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 they're together contractually obliged to be together. Yeah, that's right. So I was quite intrigued by this when I was reading the history. They were formed in 1973, so it's their 50th anniversary this year. Yes. I'm not sure they're going to be celebrating particularly. Um, uh, and um, they were formed out of um this is great i knew they were formed out of members of santana and steve steve Miliband, but also a band called hold on to your hats frumious bandersnatch for uh yeah frumious we messed them in the f's didn't we frumious bandersnatch we did anyway um i think their golden era was when um was when the great steve perry joined in um 1978. I mean, what a singer, Steve yeah. Perry. I mean, and then and that talking stratospheric, as you, you touched upon, don't stop believing the Escape album, which I think we we highlighted under the letter E. Yeah. Um, and he's just, I think they were just huge. I mean, one of the greatest bands in the world. 83's follow up Frontiers is pretty good too. I've had one or two ups and downs with their members, and as you say, I think they're still kind of suing each other, aren't they, for <laughs> various reasons. And then uh, little old Arnel Pineda who they plucked from, I think, a Journey tribute band to replace Steve Perry. Called the it's just Zoo. in the middle of it. He was called The Zoo. That was the band. Yeah, right? Yeah, the band was called The Zoo, and he was playing in Manila, and Neil Sean famously saw him in, on YouTube. <laughs> let's, get our new, let's get our new lead yes. singer from YouTube, and then they just flew him over, stuck him in a rehearsal studio, and there he is. He's been the singer ever since. Dreams can happen. Yeah. Well, that's true, boys and girls. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't advocate sticking your whole life on YouTube just to be picked out of obscurity. Yeah. But um, yes, it's a good case of point. In fact, we'll come on to a similar scenario later on. I think letters, I know who you're going to talk about. Letter- mm. Well, I think you do too. Mm. Um, but Journey, I mean, what a band. Love them. I've never seen them. Have you seen them, Brian? I did. I saw them. Um, I saw them in the early two thousands um, when they were on the package um, tour of Journey, Foragner, and Sticks. Oh, that's a a power yes, ballad <laughs> trio. Indeed, and no. I've had a few singers. I, th- well, I don't know what song- singer you saw, but they've had um, Steve Augury. Obviously, you mentioned Steve Perry. I know Pineda, but in between times, they've had. Um, They've had uh, Jeff. Jeff, Scott. yeah, Jeff Scott Soto, yeah, Jeff Scott Soto. <laughs> They've had uh, 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 as I as I touched on Steve Augury, who's a good singer, great singer. But the list of um, the list of pr- previous members, Randy Jackson. Is that Randy Jackson from the Jackson Five? That can't no, be no, no. Actually, it's Randy Jackson no. from America. You know the the America's Got Talent. Oh, that Randy Jackson. He's bass player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Narada Michael Warden, remember him. Amazing and so on. Prairie, Prairie, Prairie Prince. He was in the tubes, wasn't he? I didn't realise he was in um he was in uh, and he was also with Jefferson Starship. 
Prairie Prince. Really? Which a bit of a tongue twister if you had a gin and tonic on a Saturday afternoon. Um, it was also a member of Jeff- Jefferson Starship, who we should mention in the context of Jay's. Only because of the magnificent song Jane that came out in about 1980 or 1979. Oh, with Mickey Thomas. Oh, fabulous. Not the Manchester United and Welsh player, by the way. (laughs) Different Mickey Thomas. That would be soccer. Soccer for our American listeners. Yes, hello, America, by the way, to quote uh, Def Leppard. Hope you're doing well over there. And Canada, of course. (laughs) And everywhere else, for that matter. Get in touch. Facebook, etc. Uh, right, where should we go next, Brian? That's a J. Brian? Jellyfish. <laughs> jellyfish, yes. You talk us through jellyfish. I don't know much about jellyfish. Jellyfish, uh, jellyfish are a band um, that was in the... <laughs> The, the, there's so many similarities between another band that I love, Jellyfish. Jellyfish, yes, one, yes yeah. But we'll not talk about them till next episode. No. Um, jellyfish no. are purveyors of. I nearly got to see them, Matt. Jellyfish, mm-hmm. yeah. Jellyfish were on the bill. They opened up the bill for NXS's. You know NXS's um, big live show that they did at Wembley Stadium, which was which came which came in the album hmm. Live Baby Live. They, yes. Yep. So they, yeah, so Jellyfish opened up the bill for that. So they've only ever played in the UK a few times, a few, f- clubs, etc. Right. They released three, uh, two albums, one um, which was called Belly Button and the other one which is called Spilt Milk. Um, amazing hmm. albums. It's just power pop. Um, you know, if you like your 10cc, um, uh, Beach Boys, Todd Rundgren, XTC class and merge it with harmony vocals, that is Jellyfish. Amazing band, sold about six copies and then they all broke up in 1993, made two albums. And in the classic case of bands that never make it, everybody lauds them and talks about them. Mike Portnoy is a massive fan of Jellyfish. Any opportunity he talks about. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. The great Mike Portnoy. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think they're one of those bands that you kind of heard of in the context of, as you say, Living Colour and King's X and so on, that kind of late yeah. 80s sort of strange kind of alternative pop rock yeah. kind of vibe to them, but they never really, never really, as you say, never really made it. But, but nice to see you're still kind of, you know, flying the flag for them, Bri, all these, all these years later. And hopefully you will see them at some point. Um, as you were talking about je- Jellyfish, I, a, a song popped into my head, which, um, and we talked about John Sykes earlier, actually, Jelly Roll. Yes. By um, Blue Murder. That's a song, isn't it? Oof. Only Love Will Break Your Heart. I think of something like that, whatever the lyric is. And uh, is that the lyric? I can't remember. Um, you know me with lyrics. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, I'll stick that on there. <laughs> to prove myself right or wrong, I'll put it on the playlist. Um, we can't We can't overlook the mighty priest, which is a bit like I made. Mean, they are officially known as the mighty Judas Priest these days. I think that's the kind of like, <laughs> open brackets, the mighty, close brackets, Judas Priest. Um who've been going since 1969. Although, interestingly, this is, this is I think we touched upon this actually on a previous episode. Um, no, they, they started as Judas Priest, then broke up 
as Judas Priest, as it were, um, in about 1971 or something. And um, K.K. Downing um, and Ian Hill were friends, and they 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 were in a band called Freight with um, the original singer of Judas Priest, uh, Al Atkins. Now, Al left Freight. It's a good name for a band, isn't it? Uh-huh. And... Um, and was replaced by a young gentleman by the name of Rob Halford from a band called Hiroshima. That's a good name for a band as well, wasn't it? And uh, he thought, he said to him, I, I really like that the name of that band used to be in Judas Priest. Can we rekindle that name? And that's what they did. They kind of took the sort of redundant name and became, well, Judas Priest uh, since about 1972 uh, with um, Sir Robert of Halford. They have sold, believe it or not, in their in their career, uh, 50 million albums, which, I mean, is colossal. Um, breakthrough with British Steel in 1980. I first got into them in about 1979 with the magnificent live album Unleashed in the East, which is kind of half recorded in Japan, half recorded in a studio in England. But um, more about that another time. Um, and they got kind of global, uh, the global breakthrough album was 1982, Screaming for Vengeance. So, um, yes, Judas Priest. We love the priest, don't we, Bri? We do indeed, and I and I think when you talk about the fifty million albums, they they're massive in America. You, you when mm. you think, yeah. when you think of you know Aussie pulling out of the Power Trip Festival, yeah. and yeah. and Judas Priest being put in. When I saw mm. it was interesting when you saw the comments on social media, where European fans would go. Aussies, Aussies up there, Premier League, and Judas Priest's, you know, more of a support to Aussie. But when you saw the mm. American response to it, yeah, yeah. they, they, everybody's going, oh, power, power trips just got better because Priest's there. It's like, yeah, yeah, uh, amazing. It reminded band. me, it reminded me of. Do you remember? I think it was a couple of years ago. Was it Stone Dead or Steelhouse? Um, Ace Freely was. Was one of, one of the headliners. We thought, oh, that's good. You know, there's, there's some Kiss songs, all that kind of stuff. And then he pulled out, and Saxon were her headliner. We're like, okay, that's even better. <laughs> so I, I felt maybe because if, if it was Aussie and Priest, I would be the same. I'm not a big Aussie fan, but I love Priest. Yeah. So, um, and and long may they continue. A new album coming out, which is called Invincible Shield. Um, yeah. Lead off song off that called Panic Attack. Pretty good, classic Priest. Rob Halford sounded fantastic. So, yes, the mighty priest, Judas Priest. Nor may they continue. Absolutely. And right. S- and somebody who I I remember this video on Top of the Pops. Um, this is mm. one of the classic, I'm just going to say, classic rock songs of the late 70s, early 80s. This The song is I Love Rock and Roll, and it is by mm. Joan Jett. And the Blackhearts. So I would like to present Joan Jett into our A to Z of rock and roll because that is just one of those songs. I, do you remember remember the video on Top of the Pops where she comes in and she... I do. It, it, the, the jukebox, it was probably... Do you know what? It's probably the first time I ever saw a jukebox, Matt, on a, on a video. And there was Joan just looking, um, you know, amazing. Um, and and mm. an interesting fact that she didn't actually record the first version that she ever recorded of I Love Rock and Roll 
wasn't with the wasn't with the Blackhearts. It was with Paul Cook and Steve oh, really? Jones mm. from the Sex Pistols. They actually recorded that and put that out as a B side for wow. f- for one of her uh, for one of her singles. So so yeah, and then so that that was Joan, her big single, and you kind of go. I know, and and she was on the Motley Crue, Def Leppard tour, so she's still going. Uh, she's mm. still going strong, and there's been some fantastic um, documentaries in the past about the obviously the Runaways um, and what mm. she was doing with that band. And you had, oh my goodness, you had Sherry Curry and obviously Lita Ford. So one of the probably one of the four. Uh, forerunners of an all first all female rock band from the early seventies. Then you had had rock goddess. Oh my goodness, and all of the other uh, female rock. So I think she's a bit of a rock and roll pioneer. Is old Joan Jet? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was thinking. I mean, she's done so many good songs. Bad Reputation, I Hate Myself for Loving You, and so on. Yeah. Um, I thought you're going to say, of course, that. Um, uh, I love rock and roll. We can't, if that was a cover originally, of course. Um, yes, by the uh, the excellent British band, who were quite a kind of boy band back in the. I, mean, I remember them in the mid seventies actually, uh, by a British band Arrows. Um, but uh, yeah, I think she made it her own. And, and as you say, it's um, if it's if you ever buy those kind of dad rock Father's Day compilations, it's always on there, isn't it? It is indeed. Um, it is indeed. Yeah, good good shout, Joan Jett. Right, Brian. Let's move it along. So I'm going to just throw in jeans in the J's. Okay. Uh, we talked about denim. We talked about denim jackets, but jeans. Um, wow. Much coveted, of course, when we were young. I mean, I think in Ireland, you told me mm-hmm. you were big Wrangler fans. Yes. We, we, we coveted the Levi jeans back in the day. You were Wrangler. Wranglers and Lees, weren't you? Yes, it was Wranglers and Lees. And famously... Um, Mama's Boys Mama's Boys if you see some of the early uh, promotional pictures for Mama's Boys um, um, and their early singles they were sponsored by Lee so if you could get like a Lee oh, t-shirt really? with Mama's oh, they were if, if honestly well, uh, well if you dig into um, early promotional pictures of Mama's Boys. You you could uh, you could get badges and everything. It was all Lee, Lee. You know, Wranglers was it, and then Mama's Boys had Lee's. So you're going, oh my, oh Lee Lee jeans, and then and then of course you you work your way up to the Premier League, and then you're wearing Levi's. That's right. Who I think sponsored Quo for a while. I mean, you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, the band that is most synonymous with denim. Um, yeah, it's jeans. Um, and finally, there's a lot of Joneses there in the is. world of music. You touched on St- you might touched on Steve Jones. Yeah, I think of, uh, of of the Sex Pistols earlier. I mean, not surprisingly, there's a lot of Joneses. I met one, of course, at Gatwick a few weeks ago, John Paul Jones of Led Zepp. And um, you and I were thinking, well, we've got enough Joneses to form a supergroup. Exactly. Supergroup. You're getting good, aren't you? Supergroup. Super I've, I've, I've tried 54 episodes. You're sinking in. Excuse me. I've got that one copyrighted. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yes. So you have Kenny Jones on the drums. Absolutely. From uh, probably from the, from the Faces and the Who, and, and a band called the Jones Gang that you mentioned, Brian. Yes. The, yes, Jones Gang. Uh, f- uh, that was a band that... Uh, 
that Kenny put together with Robert Hart, who was one of the replacement singers for Paul Rogers in Bad Company. Um, I think Robert still continues to go out and perform with Dave Bucket Colwell. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I've got to see him in a few weeks, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Robert, company stuff. Yeah, Robert's a Robert's a uh, Robert's a great singer, and Dave's a brilliant guitar player. So, so yes. So we've got so we've got Kenny Jones in the drums, and we've got uh, we've got your mate on bass, haven't we? John Paul. Yeah. Hello, John Paul. <laughs> okay. Thanks. That'll do. Nothing. Let's set a little a little wave and a smile. Uh, I would like to nominate um, uh, on the lead guitar. Mr. Mick Jones of Foreigner. Oh, yes. A shout. Well, you could have Mick Jones of uh, The Clash, of course, on, ryth- well, on rhythm and lead and, and vocals to an extent. Um, Can you imagine having two Mick Joneses in your band? Right, Mick, you take this solo. <laughs> <laughs> Me? No, not you, Mick. The other Mick. What? No, not you, Mick. Mick. Oh, you said Mick. No, Mick, not Mick. Yes, it'd be very, very, very... No, Mick J. I am Mick J. And so on. Very confusing. Um, I would like to go with um, Kelly Jones of Stereophonics up front. The singer. We love him. That's a really good shout. And can we have hard Jones on keyboards? We can. Yes. Great <laughs> shout. What a band. What a band is it going to be? What would they be called? Keep it up with the Joneses, possibly. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You got to uh, think about one now, aren't you? Uh, no, 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 no. Keeping up with the Joneses. Right. Any other Jays? Any other? Well, you were going uh, to. You honorable, were honorable mentions. Yeah. On, well, before we, yeah, honorable mentions we'll do in a minute. But let's circle back round. You were talking about Mister mm. Arnold Pineda, and you were wanting to maybe mention somebody who had a similar experience about being potentially yes. plucked from obscurity. And ended up in being in one of the biggest bands in the world, who may have played a power trip. Yes, that's right. Yes, well, yeah, we did, we overlooked that, didn't we? And it was this kind of centerpiece for the for the for the movie Rockstar. Um, yes, when um, Tim Owens was plucked from a Priest tribute band um, to replace Rob Halford in about ninety seven, I think it was. I saw him with them actually. He did, he did a good job, Tim Ripper Owens. Exactly. Um, and as I said, they uh, they kind of captured that story in the film Rockstar, where Mark Wahlberg plays the, um, if you like, the Tim Owens character, uh-huh. um, and then is replaced in the final part of the film by, of course, a new singer in the band Steel Dragon, who is uh, a very young Miles Kennedy. That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good film that Rockstar. A bit cheesy. But, you know, Mark Wahlberg plays himself and Jennifer Aniston plays herself. So, you know, it's not all bad. Um, but yes, you're right. Yeah, it's not It's not the first time they've plucked someone from some relative obscurity but to be launched into the spotlight, fronting one of the greatest, biggest bands in the world. As you say, Journey and Priest. Two Js. There you go. Exactly. Mm. I, I, right. I, yes. Honourable mentions. Sorry. Honourable mentions. I keep interrupting you. Brian Johnson, of course, the great, the great uh, Brian Johnson of ACDC. Uh, Mick Jagger, of course. We touched upon him last couple of episodes. I'm not sure what he's decided to do with his uh, $500 million just yet, but we shall find out in due course. You got any others, Brian? Uh, Elton John. Wow, of course. Elton Hercules John. Also, Reggie. Reggie Dwight. Dwight, 
Yes. But yes, Elton, great Elton John, of course, bless him. Um, I think we should throw in Janis Joplin. Yeah. Of course, Double J's there. Yeah. And the greatest, most influential influential female voices. Sadly, left us at the uh, the age of 27, like many others, as did Brian Jones from the Stones, of course, who we uh, overlooked earlier in the context of the, the new Jones supergroup. Um, yes, that's a very fruitful letter, Jay. Next time, it's Kay, Brian. You don't you have to contain yourself. You don't even have to turn up, mate. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't. I wasn't planning to. I bet you can't contain yourself with a capital K, can you? Um, I, I, even more for the fact that they they made it into latest for a um, copy of classic rock magazines. And how many of my lovely rock cl- rock f- friends mm. all messaged me and went, "Look, Brian, King's X, look at last." Mentioned in mainstream media at long last, <laughs> all these years later. Yes, yes, we're very pleased, people. I mean, we opened up Classic Rock Magazine this month. Right, enough anyway. of the Jays. Hidden Jim's eyes. Thanks, Lola. Sounding great as always. So what you got for us, Bright? I am going for probably, I'm going for a Scottish band this episode. Are you? I am indeed. Not for the first time. Not for the first time. And I am going for a band from Scotland that do not sound like a band from Scotland. This is a band... Um, is it the It's not the Proclaimers. <laughs> this is the story of the greatest Scottish American rock band. Uh, this is a band... Uh, there's a big build-up to this, Matt. And you're going to go, yeah, I know mm-hmm. who they are. This is a band. Oh, it's who, one of those. You've got to test me to guess it. Oh, well, I could, okay. I could if you wanted. Oh. Could if you wanted. This yeah. was this yeah. was a band that in Kerrang. So those of us yeah. of a certain age will will remember that in Kerrang. We used to whenever you reviewed um, albums, albums went from like one k to five k's. So mm-hmm. um, um, I remember a few episodes uh, ago, I. Um, there was an album called Only Child. Do you remember Only Child, Matt? Because mm-hmm. I know you'll you, you'll have never stopped listening to that. And that was by Paul Sabu, and it got it, it got a that's right. Yeah, it got like a special. It was the only one ever to get uh, you know or like a six Ks or whatever it was. It got so anyway. Mm. This band, this Scottish band, in 1987 got a 5K review in Kerrang. The album was called Native Sons, and the lead singer in the band was somebody called Terry Brock. Are you getting warm at all, Matt? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm getting there. Oh, yeah. Curtis is here. You might struggle. You might struggle. Uh, anyway, I'll put I remember you... remember Terry Brock. Oh, Ter- that name. yeah, um, Ter- Terry Brock's an amazing singer. But Terry hmm. was an um, American singer. He, he was, uh, he'd been involved in Kansas, etc. But he recorded with a Scottish band called Strange Ways. Oh, yeah. And Strange Ways, Strange Ways were one of those bands in the 80s that were always in Kerrang. It was like Strange Ways, Heavy Petting. There was like a, there, there hmm. were so many chariots there were so many you know even fm we'll talk you know you yeah. had great yeah. great british 
uh, melodic AOR rock bands. And Native Sons is very deserving of its 5Ks. So my my hidden gem uh, for this episode, Matt, is um, is Strange Ways, Native Sons. You listen to, oh my goodness, tracks like uh, Where Do We Go From Here, Good Night LA. Uh, Terry, Terry Brock's singing on it is amazing. They got back together um, in 2010. Um, mm-hmm. There's a festival in Manchester which I've never been to. We should try and go to it sometime called Firefest, mm. um, which is right. a, which is a very melodic uh, melodic uh, rock festival. And they got back together. I think it was in uh, 2010. There's some footage on um, on YouTube, and Terry's just sounding the same. Fabulous. So hidden gem for me Thank this you. episode: Strange Ways, Native Sons. Uh, pick whatever tracks you want off that mat. It's an amazing album. What about you, man? Very good. Good. Yeah, good choice. Well, we talked about Judas Priest earlier, and we talked about their uh, kind of groundbreaking breakthrough albums, British Steel, Screw for Vengeance, and so on. But I'm going to pick um, a kind of an overlooked Priest album. Um, from 1981, it's their Point of Entry album. Now, it's, it, it's, it holds a place dear to my heart. That's the right expression, because that was the first tour that I saw Priest on, Hammersmith. Um, Apollo, Odeon, as it was in those days. Um, and uh, they, come, they came on to um, a song with the album called Solar Angels. Um, it's often overlooked, but it's got some great songs in it. Heading Out to the Highway, which is kind of still on their uh, set list, I think. Desert Plains, Solar Angels, I mentioned. Um, Hot Rockin' is a, was, was a hit single. Terrible name, but, you know, good single. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those albums that gets overlooked because... They were they were on, they were riding on the crest of a wave with British Steel, which came out in 1980, and was part of that kind of new album phenomenon we've talked talked about many times. They they decided to record this album in Ibiza, which is I don't think was and is a kind of a you know a, a, a sort of hard rock heavy metal kind of um, location particularly. But they decided to call it, uh, record it there. And of course, when you're recording an album in album in Ibiza and you've got a few quid and you've got a, you know a tendency to enjoy the, the many things in life let's say um you know there's a lot of distractions so the album i think kind of suffered because of those distractions um i think Keiko downing was on the brink of leaving during that era because he was so distracted and and so on but um it's a good album i like it um and it's worth a listen it's uh produced by the great tom alom um good songs and as i say is well worthy of um the title of a hidden gem so for me from 1981 judas priest and their point of entry album good show there you go do you know that album no <laughs> well, you will now you will exactly that's the kind of the essence of a hidden gem isn't it absolutely um, you will now so that's it brian i think we're done we are indeed episode 54 in the bag with a little bow on it little pink pink and spotted pink bow i think this time um check us out on facebook everyone please get in touch please you know like us on facebook or follow us or whatever people do um we're also on scotland rocks radio every third tuesday so have a listen um brian's got a, a podcast that he recorded on his own i was off sick at the time <laughs> with my lung infection 
so I didn't really feel like talking to anyone. Brian's done a fantastic interview with the great Skinny Knowledge, which is coming out, I think, this week. They've got a new album out uh, end of this month, Brian, end of October. They have indeed. Which is great. It sounds great. They're yeah. a great band. So, yeah, check out Brian's interview with Skinny Knowledge. He's done a great job, by the way. Well done, Brian. Um, and it was good to listen. I listened to the edit. Haven't published it yet, but it's great to hear. It's great to hear you talking without without me because it was like I could just sit back and enjoy this. It's great. So yeah, check out uh, Brian's interview with Skinny Knowledge, and um, good luck to them. I'm going to see them next year with Jack J Hutchinson. I made a point of going to see them. That's a nice and, bill. Um, yeah, yeah. Check us out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check us out on uh, Facebook. As I said, we're on X when we couldn't be bothered to uh, tweet anything. We're on Instagram and. Uh, well, all Spotify platforms, I think. Have I covered it all, Brian? I think you have. You've done very well. I think so. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Kushti. Yeah. Anyway, well, look, see you next time. Yes, indeed. See you Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Take care of yourself. Lots of love. Best wishes. Rock on. Now. <laughs>